Say something funny to start the recording off, Dom. Okay, I'll say something funny. You should have let those kids drown in that school bus. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. In addition to the Grand Rewatch, we also go and see other films at the cinema as they come out. Today, we saw Brightburn, a super-powered horror movie produced by James Gunn and starring Elizabeth Banks, Jackson A. Dunn, and David Denman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Yeah. De- so Brightburn, the, the, the trailer is... that wowed us all yeah, months so... and months and months ago has yeah. finally arrived. Yeah, so it actually came out in the States about a month ago. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, it's taken a while for it to come out here, because this is basically... Sort of as close as we got to an independent movie, really. I guess if you looked at all the all the production companies at the front of the movie, a lot of them I'd never even heard of. Yeah, there's that um, new Sony one, isn't there? S- yeah. Studio Six or whatever it's called. But I feel like Sony are like the, they're the distributors, mm-hmm. and then all the all these other little companies are the ones who made it. And it was, I think it's yeah, it's James Gunn produced it, and then he, I think his brother or his cousin wrote it. Brother and cousin. I yeah, think. I think there's a, there's a lot of gun guns involved. Yeah. Um, in the making of this movie. And what it basically is, is it is the Superman story. So a baby crash lands in the middle of nowhere in like mm-hmm. small town America and is adopted by a uh, couple who are unable to have their own child. He is an alien from outer space and he has all, and in this movie, he has all the same superpowers that you know that Superman has. Yeah, pretty more much. Or less. He can fly, he's got laser eyes. Yeah, he's got super strong. Su- super strong. Durability. Exactly, all that sort of stuff. But in this movie, they take it in a different direction and they have it so that when he finds out who he is and as he's starting to sort of come into adolescence, he goes dark and becomes pretty evil. As opposed to being the big blue boy scout, that is what happened with Superman. Um, And, yeah, chaos ensues, really. Yeah, so, I mean, sort of speaking as bluntly as it is this is a horror film oh yeah um it's a lot you know obviously it borrows a lot from the sci-fi fantasy lore of the superman saga yeah everything the superman tale yeah if anything um and then sort of how it goes from there i mean a lot of a lot of the stuff in this as someone that is a pretty big fan of horror films anyway like the the kills that are in this are pretty visceral yeah and a lot of like the effects in it are really strong and really yeah. powerful um the performances are pretty great yeah as well i thought in the performances places some are bit more. i think the kid's really good to be fair. the kid was really good um i think he got better as yeah. the film went on i think it was when you started to realize sort of towards the there were a couple of scenes that he had like with the counselor and stuff and he starts you because you realize the whole point of him as well is that not only is he super strong and all the rest of it he's also super intelligent yeah and when they start to bring that out a little bit and he has these sort of and you realise that he's manipulating people and he's actually do you know what I mean and sometimes it drops sometimes there are things where you go well why would you leave that there because that obviously unless you want people to know and all the rest of it yeah anyway before we get into all the minutiae of it all what's your like one sentence what did you think I had a lot of fun with it I wouldn't say it blew my mind, but it's good. Yeah, if you want to go and see a horror film that isn't made by Blumhouse and you're going to sort of have some moments where you go, oh, and Ugh, 
Go and see it. Yeah. I, from my point of view, and this might be, I think this is probably to do with the context in which we're seeing this particular movie. I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it because I just had so much fun with it and it just, I was really just thoroughly entertained by the whole thing mm-hmm. all the way through. And I think part of the reason that I enjoyed it as much as I did is because over the last few weeks and even on this podcast, we've been covering a lot of sort of mediocre to bad sequels. Yeah. Of thing and this was just a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. it was something a little bit different it was not like radically like game-changingly different it yeah. owes a lot to things like chronicle was the biggest comparison that i thought of yeah um chronicle and obviously there's lots of superman stuff in there but they did something different something that i hadn't quite seen before i hadn't seen anything that's that like superheroes in a visceral horror yeah type way yeah and that's that's what i that's what I enjoyed about it as well. The reason I think I enjoyed it less is because the mythology that this is framed around, the Superman mythology, mm. because, and it's my own fault, I've made for a rod from my own back, is because I've read so many sort of alternate versions of Superman. So I've read the Red Sun, I've read the Hyperion comics, yeah. I've read, you know, all the. Uh, like all the different sort of variations that we've got over the years the amalgam universe, all these combinations of different things. It's so rope to me now yeah. that I was a bit like, yeah, I get it. Superman. Let's see. Let's see someone else. But that's, it's not for me as that audience. No, I guess not. I think, I think it's for a more mainstream horror audience who have an understanding of who Superman is, but aren't necessarily going to go and like run out and watch man of steel straight away or, you know, be really familiar with the Christopher Reeve era or be overly familiar with the mythos itself. Yeah, I guess so. I think in some ways, maybe maybe it's because I haven't read that many alternate versions or whatever, but in some ways I think there are things that it... it because it's broken away from the Superman mythos by not actually being Superman. It's not yeah. Clark Kent. It's not the Kents. It means they're able to make things a little bit more real. So I feel like the characters of the mum and the dad in this are far more nuanced and believable as characters than the Kents are. The the Kents are like these angelic, or they're meant to be anyway, and when they do try and do something different with them, they end up going too far the other way, and you end up with like the Kevin Costner version from Man of Steel. Which is suggesting that that he kills a bus full of children. And it's like, right, well that doesn't work, does it? Because no no reasonable human person would ever say that, would they? Like, I can't imagine the dad, the dad in this one, you can see the conflict in him, and the same with the mum. The mum is like, and Elizabeth Banks, I think, is great throughout this movie. She's probably the most recognisable actor in this film. Um, Uh, Yeah, to be honest. Although I did, I kept thinking that I've seen the kid somewhere before, and I looked it up. Do you know where I've seen him before? No. He was in Endgame. He was, so you know when they they were doing the um, time experiment with Scott? Yeah. And Scott at one point comes back and he's 12 years old. Oh, okay. He's 12-year-old Scott Lang. Brilliant. <laughs> and that was him. Okay. So I was like, I swear I recognise this kid, but apparently that was all it was. But I thought I'd seen him in something, you know, more substantial than that. But there you go. He just um, has an astonishing resemblance to the kid from Unbreakable, yeah. in my mind. But probably they're very different. Going back to the sort of the performances, like the the chap that plays his dad yeah. is um, Roy from The Office. Right. Um, plus beard now. Yeah. David uh, Denman. Denman. Yeah. I think his performance overall, there are some really, there are a bit 
of a few flawed places here and there, mm. but I really liked what they did with it. Yeah. The fact that they seeded it early on and said, you know, when, when we adopted you, and they're very open about it, they say, oh, when we adopted you, um, I just didn't know how to be a dad. And that is something that keeps going throughout. Yeah. And you're like, he still hasn't really learned how to be a dad. And yeah. He still, he's taken this kid on so much because his wife immediately fell in love with it. Yeah, and that's that's the whole, I think that's the strength of it, is that they really, they get that right, the whole relationship yeah. between the two of them. And you feel that even in those brief scenes, and we see in flashbacks sometimes, about them trying for a baby. Mm-hmm. Like the opening of the movie is they're just panning across all these fertility books and stuff because yeah. they're desperately trying for a baby. And then they very quickly set up, once they flash forward, that she is a very like, doting, like almost upset yeah. to a point of being obsessed mother and you feel like that means that puts so much pressure on him as a father to like and even to a point where you know when she first had the baby in her hand that just had come from a crashed spaceship he probably didn't even want to take it but he was like i can't say no to her yeah i can't give her a baby for real and then here she is with this baby in her hand mm-hmm. and there's he has that really horrific dream halfway through yeah um which is good because and like what one thing that i enjoyed as well was that they used that dream as a flashback to the night that he arrived yeah. as well. And it's like, is this, so we're kind of seeing this in a dream state. Um, and there are some really good points in there. There are really, really great moments in, in this, but I think it, like I said, it's my problem is that I've read too many, like what if scenarios or yeah, I guess so. what if Batman was Superman and what if Clark Kent landed in Gotham and yeah, Bruce Wayne was in Metropolis and what if this and what if that and it was I've read a lot of those so I was like I need something new here I need something more other than visceral deaths and it's my own fault because outside of that I think it's a great film it is really good that's the thing I feel like it's the like I say it's the the way they set up all the other characters and even like things like even like the so there's the counsellor who is I didn't quite get that that they were all they weren't actually related so there's basically there's two couples in this movie there's the mum and the dad yeah, and then there's also um, the uh, fr- friends of theirs. One of them, uh, the guy, is played by Badger from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, and then there's the his girlfriend, I assume, or wife, and she's the she's a teacher at the school, but she's also a counselor. And they refer to them as aunt and uncle. Yeah, and for for a while, I thought that the the, the two guys were actually brothers. Yeah, they do look kind of similar. And I thought that's what they were going for. Turns out, as it goes on. You know, it's not that he was my friend at one point. Yeah, the guy says to him. Um, so it turns out that yeah, but they sort of ground it, and they they all feel like they have real relationships, and it's not like rote, and it's like, and the, but what I liked about it is like the way that people react to things was so were like real. Like I love the one point when um, Badger found the kid. I won't say what situation. Well, it's in the trailer. Yeah, but he just goes. Get the fuck out of my house! You see, you're in my house wearing a creepy mask. Get the fuck out! Yeah, like, he didn't just like it wasn't like in a normal movie they would have. What are you doing here, man? And they would have had like a really tense standoff. But it goes, no. What the fuck are you doing here? Get out! <laughs> like, I'm taking you home. I'm taking you home. You fucking freak! Like, <laughs> like, he's like, and that's a normal. That is a normal person's reaction to yeah. something like that. And that's what I appreciate. And I think that's what grounded it, and that is what separated it to me from the. From Superman, from Batman, from the DC, like all those other versions yeah. of it, because those are all very because they have to be comic booky, and they mm-hmm. they are that sort of heightened reality. Whereas this felt more real, yeah, because it they, did feel... they weren't beholden to any character traits that had come from a 
comic book from 60 years ago. Yeah. They could just do whatever. They could make it real. Mm-hmm. And have people react in real, normal ways. Yeah. And, like, again, like, throughout the whole film, there are what you would understand to have, like, normal human reactions to things. Like, the point that the dad confronts the son over it and you go, oh, Jesus, he's really coming for it. Like, yeah. because... That separation is there. He's he's not his actual son. Yeah. He's never been comfortable with that relationship. He even said about it early on. He was like, I didn't know how to be a dad. I just gave you a piece of candy. And it shut yeah. you up. Yeah, and again, it's by putting little things in there like that. Like I feel like it's a, the script is really tight. Yeah. Again, like because it's only about a ninety minute movie. Yeah, it's not long um, at all. But they, they set up all they seed all those little things, like you said, that conversation they have about him having the candy when he didn't know how to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Is is actually really important in setting everything else up. So I think that's the strength of it is those relationships. And then you add on top of that some of these visceral, like I wouldn't say action, but like horror scenes where he's yeah. he's going after somebody. And the idea of being right. So you're in a horror movie, but imagine instead of just a guy with a knife, the person coming for you has got all the power of Superman, and he's fucking unstoppable. What do you like? That is a scary mm-hmm. premise. Yeah, that's, that's like a elevator pitch idea like 10 year old superman is a serial killer yeah can't be stopped what do you do a serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more people usually in service of abnormal psychological gratification with the murders taking place over more than a month and including a significant period of time between them want to hear more no no Jesus, fuck. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, my God, that's amazing. No, okay, obviously we'll have to cut that. <laughs> no. That's fucking staying. <laughs> your creepy fucking Steve Jobs in your pocket. Sorry, we we apologise for the um, interruption by Siri there. Um, telling us all about what, is, what defines a serial killer. Uh, there you go. Um, I didn't realise there had to be that much time in between. Uh, but there you go. Every day's a school day. <laughs> but yeah, I think like a lot of this film is is building tension and and stuff that builds from there. I didn't ever feel a massive amount of tension. I don't know. I felt a because of... a lot of the stuff that I saw in the film, I saw in the trailers. Mm. So there's stuff in the trailer you see the bit with the truck, the bit with the smashing through the house, yeah, the bit with the um, the hand. The bit in the diner, yeah, and I so, get it. I get, and that's the thing. It is like this low budget horror film yeah. that's based on a big budget premise. Yeah, so that's what you have to sell it on. Is yeah. is that idea? So I get they like you said, particularly the diner scene. I wish I hadn't seen as much of that because that yeah. was it. Was would have been really effective if I hadn't seen so much of it in the trailer. What I would say is that where the tension was for me is probably in the last like ten minutes because I didn't. I thought they were going to end it in a different way than they did end it. Oh really? Um, yeah, I thought it would be. Yeah, I, I thought well, something else. Was yeah, there. let's so throw we'll, up we'll, a spoiler warning. We'll do a let's spoiler do a few warning. More, a few more minutes. Um, but yeah, that was where the tension came in for me because it, how it was actually gonna play out. Mm. Um, I thought they would do, because depending on what their plans were. Um, yeah. But yeah, I we'll mean that's it. something that we can talk about. Yeah. But like, I'm just trying to think. So there were moments in there, that, and there there are moments in there that are like, oh shit, oh there's shit. A, yeah, like I think there's one in the woods in particular where there's two yeah. characters going to the woods, and there's just that I feel they again they 
because they set up the characters well enough, they have these moments where they just two people are looking at each other and you just have that moment of, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And, and like, none of that is in the trailers, which no. I think is great. Yes. Um, and that's, yeah. And there are like real sort of great moments in there. The, the <laughs> I would have liked to have seen like the police be a little bit more involved with it. Sort of, I, I wanted to see a little bit more of an outsider perspective mm. because, well, I don't know. I, I think, I think the, I, I think I hyped this film up too much in my own head. Maybe. I think I went in thinking this was going to be a lot bigger, a lot more grandiose than I expected it to be. Yeah. And then what I saw was a really good low budget based on a grandiose story. Yeah horror film it's, and it's contained like even the fact that the title of the movie is brightburn which is the name of the town yeah which i didn't realize until going in like mm-hmm. and it's like and they say oh it's brightburn is the name of this small town in like where is it massachusetts or something. Yeah, it's like sort of middle america um but yeah the fact that then that that then leads on to more things like everyone knows one another mm-hmm. and like so there's a little bits and pieces like that but it does mean that by setting it in a setting like that it can keep it contained and it can yeah. make it its own thing, and but and at the same time also alludes to the whole Superman thing because it's Smallville essentially yeah. is the town. Yeah, um, yeah. I do want to see where it goes from here. Yeah, because this slight spoilers. This does. There are parts in this that set up a wider world, mm. which we'll go over more in spoilers in a minute. So. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, I would say I would recommend it. Yeah, if you're into horror films or if you're into superhero films, go and see it because it's quite a refreshing change. Yeah, it that's, that's the different from me. seeing, you know, like the square jawed hero go and beat up the bad guys and save the day. Yeah, with a slight moral quandary along the way. Yeah, but also it's not the same as horror film, which is. As they are, as all horror films are, yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're all full of cliches. That's not really why you're watching. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'd absolutely recommend this. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I I feel like given that is it's so sort of low budget, like they don't have any sort of marketing budget for the sound of it. Like no, no. one knows when I speak to someone and I say oh, I'm seeing Brightburn tonight, no one has any idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been out in America for a month and all the rest of it. So I think that probably by the end of the year, this will end up on Netflix. Yeah, and at that point, I'll be like, "That's where it will find its audience." And I feel like everyone should watch this. Is like this gem from earlier in the year that you should watch it as a Netflix movie when you, yeah. look at, when you if you're looking for something to watch. No, watch Brightburn. Trust me, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah, probably where it will find a place and hopefully become a bit of a cult classic. I hope um, so. But for me, yeah, it was like I said, it's the refreshingness of it. It's the fact that you know our podcast is predicated on talking about prequels sequels remakes and reboots and this yeah. is none of those things no and so it's, it, it's the same as when we went to see overlord yeah. as well yeah is it's a great film but i wish more people have gone to see it yeah that's the thing. I, that this like i wish people would go into particularly when it comes to superhero movies every now and then you get something like chronicle or this or you know there's a there are a handful of those ones where they take some they take an idea of the superhero movie and do something completely different but they're putting in a completely different genre mm-hmm. so this was superhero movie plus horror movie equals Brightburn yeah and they're like right as long as people can continue to do that and have sub-genres within it 
then there'll always be movies. Like there'll always be yeah. superhero movies, and th- as long as there's variety. Yeah, take a cliche and put it in an original sort of framework. Yeah. But the problem is, if people don't then go out and see it, they feel like there is no market for it, and they will just keep making the same sort of bland, yeah. generic, crowd pleasing movies over and over again, which is a shame. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, take like that's the thing. If you were to get this film and take out like the the. I don't know, like the special source of the Superman part, it wouldn't be a great film. It'd just be strong kid kills. But because we're aware of it being a Superman thing, is I think what adds to it. Mm. And like with Chronicle, the fact that it was found foot a found footage superhero film about teenagers. Yeah, the story itself is just a rip off of Akira. But the actual way that the film was made, they're like, oh, this is a mystery. Then this, then this, then this, and you're like, okay, that works. Yeah, and I think that was based on the strength of. Josh Trank at the time before he went a bit mad and again with this you look at James Gunn with stuff like Slither yeah you know and you think this is great this is what this is right right in his wheelhouse Mm. yeah he didn't direct it because other things were happening around the same sort of time but yeah definitely definitely go and see it if you want something that's a little bit more unique yeah yeah just like I say if you're sick of like disappointing sequels (laughs) <laughs> if you're sick of disappointing sequel and glossy superheroes go see this. this yeah um, yeah I think that's all there is to say really until we get into spoilers so um so yeah I think my point in terms of the ending was I was expect maybe it's because of my my preconceptions about what, how horror films end is that they usually they'll kill the bad guy like the, yeah. the like Elizabeth like at the end of the movie it's like Elizabeth Banks is the final girl mm-hmm. he's the bad she went and got the thing to stab him I'm like well this is the big emotional climax of this is the fact that she who is this doting mother at the beginning of it then has it in her to then kill her son yeah and it then is a complete closed loop there's no room for sequels and they've just made a complete film with an up with a Strong character arc and strong mm-hmm. performance for Elizabeth Banks, and that's the end of it. But they didn't yeah. do that. They no, didn't they didn't do that. They did the bad guy wins ending, which I know you love. Yeah, and that's the thing. I really, really like that. And it's, um, it's quite common nowadays to have. Well, so having been, I was that weird kid at like school and college who was just obsessed with horror films. So, having watched horror films from, like, the 70s, 80s, mm. 90s, 2000s, 2010s, there is this gradual evolution. Yeah. So, it was originally a case of kill the bad guy, move on. Kill the bad guy, bad guy's not dead. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought they do, yeah. the 90s became, like, the postmodern, sort of the late 90s, early 2000s, like, the postmodern sort of screen, screen Final Destination... Yeah all these things where you think you get away until the last frame. I thought this, to be honest, I always thought he's going to live. She's going to live. He's going to be the only one to let. He's going to be, she's going to be the only one that he lets live. Right. And that's it. He'll just move on. When what happened happened, I was like, oh, oh shit. Jesus. (laughs) Okay. 
they did this and then the next thing that happens with the plane yeah i was like okay cool like he's now out in the world yeah he's now out being brightburn yeah and is as we saw in that early credit sequence is that he's smashing down buildings and setting forest fires and taking the world yeah and then we see the setup for the definitely not justice league villains yeah right so this is another thing so i i saw briefly that there was some sort of connection to another movie and i couldn't remember what it was i didn't look it up because i didn't want to spoil it for myself but there was so at the very end of this movie we have um like you know kind of post credits it starts playing as the credits play and you see all this news footage as you say of stuff happening with yeah. brendan and him like burning like his symbol into the into the dirt and like knocking over buildings but you also have this conspiracy theorist nut on youtube and it's michael rooker it's called the t because of course he's michael rooker because it's a gun production and he can't yeah. not have michael rooker and it's michael rooker talking about how you know the the news media is trying to cover this up but here he is we can see the bright man's a real thing and then at one point he shows a collage of like six different yeah characters so and he the says, first one is a half man half fish right which is obviously aquaman right and then they say the second one is a witch that's going around killing everyone with ropes and cords yeah which is wonder woman with the lasso of truth yeah 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 and then so those are the top three is brightburn aquaman wonder woman or superman aquaman wonder woman and then the fourth is the Crimson Bolt from Super. Right, that was it. Super. So was that also? Did James Gunn have something to do with that yeah. as well? Right, it's okay. his film as well. So there, I and don't then know anything the about that. The next one in is like an is like a hand illustration of what would appear to be like a grey type alien. So sort of the big head, the big black eyes, and skinny yeah. body, but with a costume that's reminiscent of the Martian Manhunter. Okay. And then the sixth one is just like a blacked out silhouette figure with a question mark. Mysterio. Which is like, oh, who's this? And uh, it's like, well, because that's the thing. Super would be the Batman analogue in this. Okay. Which is really interesting that they put him in there. Because that film is... I haven't seen it. So I fucking loved that film. Okay. It is probably the cultiest of cult films that James Gunn has made. Right. Because you go through this film and you're really sad and then you have a laugh for a while and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Then it gets really fucking dark really quickly. And it's that moment where you just go, oh, fuck. Like, I've been watching this, this the, the, basically to spoil what happens in Super, this guy becomes a vigilante and goes around and in like, You'll see things happen. You'll be like, that's quite funny. Oh, oh, he's getting beaten up. And then it gets to the end of the film and he's horribly murdering people. And you'll, you'll, you realise at that point, all the sheen and the gloss has come away. And you're like, I've just watched a film of a man be humiliated so much and have his life fall apart so much that he's got serious, serious problems that have manifested into hyperviolence. And you're like... Oh Jesus! Like it just completely takes a window. You say right, it's, and it's set in the same universe as Brightburn. That's what we're saying. Well, what that's we're what now we've, saying. we're now saying is yeah, it's this is now part of the Brightburn universe. Huh? So or I'm the so, super universe. Oh, right, I'm fucking down. I'm so down. 
and it's it is this really weird film and it's like but to take this into that same perspective to include super in that is going to be a sort of like a tough mix but at the same time if they do spin this off into this wider thing are they all where well, we saw earlier in the film that the meteors that came in the Brightburn meteors as they were called there were like six or seven of them all coming in at the same time okay yeah and you're like, oh, okay, is that all of them? So is one Wonder Woman? Is this or this or this? Do they manifest in a slightly different way where they landed? Do they base themselves on whoever picked them up? Do they do this? How? What happens here? Okay, yeah. And that so that will be a really interesting thing to how this goes on from here. As it stands just as a film, with the cliffhanger ending of The Bad Guy Wins, I thought it was a great ending. Yeah, so did I. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and I feel like... Again, they're able to, because of the nature of this and it being a horror movie, they're able to show you some things in terms of like the Superman's powers that you would never be able to see otherwise. So, yeah, you know what I'm thinking of. There's a point where he burns someone's face off (laughs) using his laser vision and they don't cut away, no, they show what happens because you would always like from a sort of completely what do you want to say, morbid, right? Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who I was thanking. Um, from yeah, from complete like morbid curiosity thing, you were like, "What would happen if Superman just burnt someone's head off with his?" <laughs> like he would never do it because that's not the character of Superman. No. But in this, they go, "Oh yeah." In this context of a horror movie, we're going to show you that. Not only that, because of the person he does it to, is that much more yeah. horrific and that much more like holy shit. Yeah. And, it's just like, and again, that was another thing where it was like we kind of saw it coming and like, I knew exactly how that scene was going to play out from the moment they did it. Yeah. They were basically, to spoil it, it's the dad... Well, ta- we're in spoilers. Yeah, we're in spoilers now. The dad takes Brendan into the woods saying that he's going to take him out hunting. In actual fact, he's taking him out there to kill him. Yeah, old yellow. Oh, yeah, old yellow style. Um, And he tries to shoot him in the back of the head with his right... And it just pings off him. Yeah. And there's this tense moment where he just turns and just looks at him and it's like his dad just tried to kill him and it wasn't an easy thing for him to do again it was very well acted by the guy and he was like he really struggled to to pull the trigger yeah he did it and then it's like shit and then he then you have this chase sequence through the woods which was very well shot where you just see him like the the, this kid just flying like super speed in the background Mm -hmm. like coming through the woods gets him and literally just melts his face off which uh, and it's brutal it's absolutely brutal (laughs) It is like some of the kill scenes in there. The kit, the scene in the car. Oh, the car with <laughs> poor old the, Badger. The, the broken jaw, which oh. is just an image that's going to stick with you for a while. Um, the the sort of the really short sort of half a dozen frames that you see the young girl's hand being crushed, and then a wrist being broken at the same time. It's like there are really really visceral moments. The like, glass, the glass in the, eyeball, in the eye, man. Oh, and like oh god. The bit at first, I was like, "Oh, that's gross," and then she moved her eye, and I was like, "Oh, that's so much worse." Oh no! It's like it always goes that little bit further than you think it's going to. That's what I liked about it is that it didn't, it never held back. No, it was always just like you know, in a lesser movie, you'd cut away or you would like the melting of the face sort of thing. You'd show it from the back of the head and see the the lasers coming through the back of his head, which they did in the end. Which they did show, but they not before they showed you the front. As well, yeah. Like and it wasn't sh- like it was melting away. You could just see it burning. You could see cracks appear in his skin, yeah. and his face, and it was and like, and oh shit. <laughs> it, yeah, and they never helped. But the the one thing that they did 
one thing that one kill that really got me and i was like whoa was when the sheriff, sheriff. when sheriff deputy got killed um yeah he deputy was... sheriff got killed off screen which was a little which was well kind of off screen in like the background you saw yeah. her being smashed between oh yeah that was fucked <laughs> which was gross and like also savage absolutely brutal but when sheriff deputy got killed in just the yeah. flash through moment super speed yeah no, he's just a pun, he's just a pun of blood on the floor it's just just a, just a pink and pink and red cloud that's just been spread over about 10 10, ten like, meters this is what batman was afraid of yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, this yeah. is what this is what ben affleck was trying to warn us about in bvs now if they'd executed it in any way as well as this then maybe i could have been on board with him yeah but anyway that's a, that's a separate point but like it, it is like the concept of a Superman like this, like a suit. They they get the power of him as yeah. a being in the same way that there's one thing that I will say for the DC movies is that they do show Superman's power well. That's one thing that Zack Snyder was able to do is like the the way that he moves and the way he can smash through buildings and how fucking powerful he is is something they've they've been able to do. In this is like okay, what if that was against you? What yeah. if that was against a small town in America that you like, okay, that was fuck that well, that's fucking terrifying. Well, what if it's we're against all, anything. Yeah, well we're, we're, we're all doomed then, aren't we? We're all gonna yeah. fucking die. Um And yeah, and just and the way people react to it, like the the right everyone's fucking terrified. I think um Badger's great bit. I keep calling him Badger <laughs> Well, it's because he's one of the best characters he's ever played. Um but yeah, when they when he's running away from it, nope. Nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. Because he just he turns like well, the one thing they do do too much and they overdo it is the oh there he is oh there he is do you know where they keep like going like where we can see him but the character can't where he's just floating outside the window or then he's oh then he's there then then he's stood in the doorway and it's like it's very horror tropey and they do it a thousand times in like every single sequence that he's involved in they do it in the diner sequence they do it at the house they do it on the road they do it it's like okay we get it you don't need to do it that many times and the thing is like they each one of them works, yeah. But having them all together, you go, yeah, yeah. He's going to be outside the door, isn't he? Yeah, he's and gonna, that's like, the thing, right? They, they, like it's like when the when the person they walk past an open doorway, like you know he's going to be in there. It's like again, mm-hmm. this has just come from people like us who've watched plenty of horror films in our time. It's like we know, obviously that's where he's going to be. Yeah, obviously he's going to be hiding in the doorway. Obviously he's going to be like yeah. And that's and I think part of the other thing that I want to say is that. One of the reasons I don't think I enjoyed the film that much is because at no point was he ever in peril. And then even at the end when she pulls out that shard of metal and is about to stab him, it was like, there's no way he's going to die. Well, that's the thing. That is where I thought Mm. he was going, just because of the the nature of the sort of... Because it feels like a one-and-done sort of idea initially. I thought the whole point of this is going to be because she's the one who we've sort of followed through. She's the sort of point of view. Yeah, and like I say, that that character arc of going from I will never turn on my son to actually doing that, I thought was like a powerful enough ending for them to justify that. So yeah. I was fully expecting him that her to stab him, to be honest. Um, and in that sense, I thought he was in peril. I guess. Yeah. Is that because he let his guard down because it was his mum, and then she manipulated that. And that's and, the, and I thought, oh my god! And I just thought, yeah, that's the, if that had been the ending, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, like that would have been a good ending. Same, but, uh, that would have caught me off guard. 
Like, yeah, well, there you go. It's, and that's the thing. That's like, interesting. We flipped. Like, yeah. what caught you? What what would have caught you on off guard is what I was expecting to happen. Yeah, and vice versa. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I think I think I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. I think the scene that we got at the end is interesting, but also serves as sort of a be- bit of a deconstruction of the sort of superhero era that we're in at the moment. Yeah. Where you're like, oh yeah, of course we're going to see the lead up to a series of sequels in the credits. I guess so, yeah. But I and don't because know if... that's what all of them do. Yeah. That's what all superhero films do. But at the same time, I think if they'd have not done that, I don't think it would have the same impact and I don't think there would be a draw for a, like a Brightburn 2 or a Brightburn yeah. League. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. If, I don't know how I feel about that whole sort of Justice League setup thing at the end now. I don't know if you needed it. No. I think it was good to have the the news footage of him sort of mm-hmm. wrecking shop and basically taking over this town and then where does it go from there? Um, but I would have liked to have seen it like be more focused on him and go, right, well now he's done this. What where's he go from here? Because if it's the, if like the sequel is just it has nothing to do with any of the other superheroes, it's just what happens when this kid just decides to take over the world. Yeah. And he's unstoppable. Yeah, and <laughs> that's that again, but like and that's the thing, like See, thinking of that is making me go. We're gonna to have to get superhero bad guys, uh, like superhero, actual superheroes in this, or we're gonna get a scientist say you need this metal, and it's just it's gonna be the bad Superman again yeah, but for all... me. And that's that's what I mean is is. I think I enjoy this less because of this fucking obsessive nature that I've had with superheroes since I was four years old. Yeah. I think I'm okay with it being a one and done, like yeah. we say. I think having that at the end is an interesting nod and a good Easter egg. Yeah, but it's similar to, I guess it's similar to Chronicle. Like, Chronicle set itself up for a sequel. Did it? Yeah, because I haven't seen it in years, but the idea was that it, the guy, he kills um, Dane DeHaan. Yeah. And then flies off, and he basically becomes an actual superhero in the world, doesn't he? Yeah. Go around doing stuff. And it's like, again, I think it does end with similar sort of news footage type stuff. Or well, does yeah. it end with him on the on Mount Everest? Yeah, videoing himself, and the idea it's being, a video about and, and it does something. leave it open about saying that right. Well, now I'm the protector. I'm the he's basically Superman. Yeah. So it leads itself onto a new one, and it or it raises more questions. But they never did another one, and they don't yeah. need to. So no, they, they, don't. they don't necessarily. They I, and given the fact that this didn't do particularly well at the box office, I don't think I don't necessarily think there are going to be there is going to be that much called for Brightburn two or anything else. No, so I, I mean, think this might just be it, and there'll be that it, there'll be the fan theory that oh yeah, it's set in the same universe as Super. Oh and yeah, that, I mean and that's, that'll be it. Yeah, that's definitely. Um, there you go. Screen run theory: Brightburn's Batman is the Crimson Bolt. Okay, I mean that's pretty obvious. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think let's have a look at what the budget. I mean, it's not got the it's oh, Empire gave it a two out of five. That's not fair. Rotten Tomatoes fifty seven percent, IMDb six point five. It's not getting great um, reviews by the looks of things. Oh, yeah, as I get that. Um, but you say that it was only made for between six and twelve million dollars. Yeah, and it's already made thirty, so yeah, it's so. going off of that sort of Blumhouse sort of model, mm. which is make this horror film for about ten million dollars. Well, I guess what's like the comparison would be something like Us. 
for instance? What? How much did that make? Yeah. Or how much did get? Like, if it was like a like Get Out was probably the better example, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Get Out because us came off the back of Get Out. Get Out was a first time director, low budget horror movie, and then made a shitload of money. So yeah. if it and it probably had a very similar budget to something like Brightburn, given the amount of special effects and stuff they had to do in Brightburn. Yeah. So, but also, well, budget of Get Out was four point four. Four point five million dollars, right? And the box office made two hundred and fifty-five. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, but I think the difference is, Get Out had a lot more style, had a lot more mainstream sort of appeal. Or was more mainstream than superheroes? Yeah, but what's also you're going to make something, but that's the thing is, it's not going to be as violent or visceral as this. No, Get Out had. A couple of moments like that, but the real fear that exists within Get Out is not to do with someone's jaw being torn off their face by colliding with a steering no, wheel. No, it's, it's it's not a great comparison. I'm just I just mean in terms of low budget horror movies. Yeah, then I think, making a shitload of money. I mean, in I terms think the, of the content of them, you look at something then... like um, uh, like Happy Death Day, for example. Yeah, uh, that's a black comedy horror slash whatever uh made 4.8 million dollars mm. uh made 125 yeah i just think this isn't gonna make 100 million no so i don't know like i feel like that would be like the precipice they would need to get over yeah for them to justify continuing it i mean that's the thing by the looks of things you look at like sales and marketing for about well yeah like sort of marketing and publicity is probably rule of thumb is normally about the same that you would spend on the budget, mm. maybe a bit more if you've got a low budget film. So I th- they've already made sort of $10 million ish off this yeah. film. And that's looking at the lower scale for the budget. But yeah, I don't think there's going to be more. No. And that, and given that that's the case, then I don't think I don't have as much of an issue with the ending. No. Like, is it like a nice, cool little Easter egg? Mm-hmm. And that's all there ever is. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, bad guy wins. Bad guy takes over the world. Yeah. Oh, God. What would we do? There isn't anything that we could do. Yeah. Because his only weakness is in the basement. I feel like of... it's the kind of thing where there will be a sequel to it, but it will be in a comic book. Probably. Yeah, it'll be in a comic book or a YouTube short or something. Yeah, there'll or... be a, someone will do, they'll, the writers will do a graphic novel of Brightburn Year Two or something, yeah. where it's this is what happens when he takes over the world. Yeah. And it'll be like an injustice sort of style. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and I think I think, but yeah, like I say, I really enjoyed this film. But I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it hadn't been for my own. Yeah, sort I think of issues. yeah, you had you had more baggage going into it than yeah. I did, and that's part of the reason why I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll I'll definitely re- revisit. It. I'll recommend it when it comes to the end of the year. I'll be like, if this is a one little gem that you hadn't, mm-hmm. you guys haven't seen, you should seek out Brightburn. Um. But yeah. That's yeah. it. That's all there is to say. Yeah, that's about it, really. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening to us, guys. Um, this has been a little extra episode in the middle of all the other bits and pieces we've got going on. Um, next up, we're going to be talking about Toy Story. Yes. So complete shift from this very dark, very depressing, very yeah. violent movie. We're going to... Tonally, we're all over the place in the last sort of month or so. Yeah, it's great. I mean, but at I... the same time... Like, t- like we're going today, to watch all these like, films for you. So. Like 
today I fin I watched Toy Story three and then about an hour later when we went to go and watch um, Brightburn. So I'm my fucking brain is all over the place right now in terms of emotions. <laughs> I don't know what to feel. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about the original Toy Story movies, the trilogy as it currently stands, and then we're also going to go and watch Toy Story four, yes. um, which we both got we're sort of excited about, but we're you know. We've both got our trepidations about yeah, it. Um, but we'll see how that plays out, and we will get a review out to you guys hopefully, you know, within the first week of the film coming out. It comes out here in the UK on Friday, um, which is the 17th. Yeah, 17th. So 17th today, isn't it? It's 19th today. Where am I? What year is it? Who's the president? Who's the president? <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. It's out on Friday. We'll fucking review it. <laughs> Basically... Know. We're going to watch the Toy Story trilogy. Dom already has. I'm going to do it. Then we're going to talk about them. Then we're going to watch Toy Story 4 and do a review on it yeah. and tell you about it. Anyway, yeah. So you can find us on the socials, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just look up the Omcast. And then you can email us at theomcastpod at gmail.com as well Correct. if you've got anything yeah. to say. And that's about it, really, for this week. So look forward to the Toy Story episodes. It's going to be a real hard left out of horror and into probably the most optimistic animation that you can get out there oh yeah 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 i'll give you that so and uh yeah we'll see you next week all right cheers guys bye bye what (laughs) (laughs) okay cut all of that